And I had knee surgery on Thursday. I had to repair a meniscus and, you know, it was outpatient and all that, not a big deal. But I'm on some really good pain medication. <laughs> so, so anything I can I say today, please, uh, please don't hold it against me. I, I don't have any idea what I said in the 815 service, and I'm not sure what I'll say to this, this time. But we're going to talk about seeds and soils. To plant a seed, of course, is to set is to set ourselves up for potential disappointment. You never know what might happen to that seed. You might, it might send forth a shoot that is tenacious and courageous, and, and it might fight through the soil and burst through the soil like a real champ. Or it might be a lazy shoot from that seed. It might be an unambitious shoot, and it might give up the fight too early and never see uh, the light of day. Or it might break forth from the sand or from the dirt and, and be eaten by wildlife or maybe scorched by the sun. So when you plant a, seed, plant a seed, you never can know exactly what is going to happen. The same thing is true with, with what we call spiritual seed. We plant spiritual seeds when we, when we live in ways that are congruent with the life and ministry and teaching of Jesus. We plant spiritual seeds when we give words to our faith, when we, when we say to someone, hey, uh, why don't you watch, uh, we're on Sunday mornings at 1030, maybe you, if you're just wanting to dip your toes in the water, maybe watch that, or, or you say, hey, we're having a 4th of July event, would you come with me? Or someone is new to the neighborhood and you say, hey, we're glad you're here, do you have a church home? We, you know, you plant spiritual seeds. You just never know what's going to happen with those seeds because God gives people free will or choice. Some people are responsive and some are not. You know, there's some people who just seem naturally responsive and receptive to things spiritual. Even, even that person who moves into your neighborhood, you say, hey, do you have a church home? They might say, I don't, but, but I've always been interested Maybe they are just naturally receptive. But then there are others who are pretty unreceptive, not responsive. So if you invite them to somewhere, invite them to church, they might say, hey, I'm, I'm not interested. And they might say it in a way that's a little bit, you know, offensive. There's some people who are attracted to Jesus, but not to the church because they've, you know, a church with a capital C because they've heard maybe bad stories or had bad experiences at church. So we plant seeds not knowing exactly what will happen to them because God grants to us choice. And so spiritual transformation is always possible, but never inevitable. We read about that in this parable of Jesus, beginning in chapter 8, verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. 
He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning Jesus said of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So our job is to sow the spiritual seeds respectfully, gently, kindly, and then we trust the results uh, to God. Clay Smith uh, lived across the hall from me in, at, at Samford. Clay uh, went on to become a pastor in Sumter, South Carolina. He's been there for, for a long time. I read Clay's uh, newsletter and once he wrote about a letter he got from someone he was in high school with, a young lady that was uh, one of his classmates in high school. They were in band together. She was not a believer, he was. Years later, when she came to faith in Jesus, she wrote Clay a letter. Please listen carefully. The letter came unbidden, Clay wrote, about Christmas time. It was from a girl I knew in high school. We were in band together. We were not particularly close. In fact, I could remember her name, but not her face. I had to look her up in my dusty senior yearbook. The gist of her letter was to tell me she had found Christ. She apologized for picking on me during high school for my faith. She said, my God has gotten me through some very troubled times. I wish I knew him then as I know him now. All of this was 20 years ago. But as I read her letter, I couldn't help but feel that somehow seeds sown when I was in high school came up. Just now I found out about it. Amazing. And then Clay wrote, you never know what kind of impact you will have. An invitation, a gentle word of witness, a stand for what is right and Christ-like. It can touch people. Doors can open. Love and forgiveness can be found. The seeds that Clay sowed in high school came to fruition or it bore fruit. They bore fruit years later because that seed fell on fertile soil. But it doesn't always fall on fertile soil. And that's three of the four points of Jesus's parable. He said that some of the seed falls on hard ground, like the path where people have walked and hardened the ground so that the seeds fall on it and they just lie there on top. They don't penetrate the soil. Then birds come along, he says, and, and, and eat it and it, the seeds never produce fruit. There are people whose hearts are hardened. Maybe they've just said no to God so often and so long that they don't hear him anymore. A man said to me once, I used to hear from God, but now I don't. He explained that, that he felt like God was calling him in, into relationship, but he had said no so many times that I don't think God stopped talking. I think he, he simply became hardened. In Hebrews 3, the Bible says, 
Today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. Some of the seed, Jesus said, fell along hard ground, the path, and, and it didn't produce any fruit. Some of the seed, he said, fell on rocky soil. In many uh, parts of the land in Palestine and the lands of the Bible, the, the soil is really rocky, and so there's not an opportunity for the seed to go deep. The, 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 good, the soil is just very, very thin. And so the, the, the seed will go down just a little bit, just a little bit of root, and then the shoot comes up, but it's, the roots are insufficient. And so because it doesn't get water, it dries up and produces no fruit. When I, my first little church, uh, a lady invited me to come see her husband. He was not a believer. I had the hunch that every preacher who had come through the community had gone to see her husband. He was very polite, he was kind, he was complimentary of the church. He quoted a couple of Bible verses, he even quoted from a couple of his favorite hymns and said something real interesting to me. He said, you know, I think what you say is probably true. It's just not for me. The seed had, he had, he had taken in the seed enough to agree intellectually and to appreciate the value of the gospel to agree intellectually and to appreciate its value, but not for it to, he didn't, it didn't sink in far enough to make a difference. There are those who would hear, who would agree, but just say, you know, it's not, it's not for me. Some seed fell in rocky soil. Other seed fell along thor among thorns and weeds that when the shoots came up, the thorns and the weeds just choked the life out of the, out of the plant. In another place, Carrie and I knew a couple very well whose daughter uh, passed away. It was the second funeral that I, I did as a minister. But the community of faith rallied around them and, and they, so they were attracted to God. They they felt the love of his people. And so they began, they actually began to come to church. And I remember the day that uh, I looked up during the last hymn, the hymn of invitation, and she stepped out from where she was to come forward uh, to declare her faith in Jesus. I had the honor of baptizing her. Her husband was being drawn as well. I remember sitting in a gymnasium with him when he was asking really good questions about what it means to follow Jesus. He was being drawn. The seed was beginning to take root. But then a second child was, was diagnosed with the same illness that had taken the life of the other child. And, and for her, it was such a deep grief that, that she didn't grow and mature. And the, and the man, the dad, just never, he never came to faith. It, that deep grief choked the very life out of his budding faith. There are those, Jesus said, for whom pleasures and cares of the world choke the life out of a plant. Now, we're not quite sure who Jesus is talking about there. Even the best of New Testament scholars don't know. Is he talking about people who, who walk right up to a decision to follow Jesus and then something happens that they back off? Or is he talking about someone who does have a conversion experience, that they, they are changed and transformed, but they don't grow, they don't mature, they get busy, they, you know, schedules and mortgages and all kinds of things, they get busy and they don't, they don't grow and 
mature. All we know is that there are those in whose lives the, the seed just never really takes root and, and never makes a big difference. Jesus said there are those who fall among, on, on hard soil, there are those who fall on rocky soil, there are those, the seeds come up among thorns and weeds, but these thorns and weeds, but there are those, Jesus said, whose, whose lives are like fertile soil. Those are the people in whose lives and whose hearts the, the seed takes root and people are transformed, really transformed, transformed eternally. It makes a big difference. This is, this is real, folks. This is not just hype and hypothesis. This, this is real. I've, I've had the privilege of being a pastor so long that I've seen lots of people tr eternally transformed. This is not just theory, it's real. In Richmond, there was a young lady, 35 years old, about mid-30s anyway, a mom who had a dramatic conversion experience. On the anniversary of her conversion, she wrote the following. Please listen carefully. There are so many, so many different stories I've had in this past year. I see it working in my relationship with my friends. They're asking me, I see something different in you. I want what you have. When you hear that, you know that's not you working, that's God working and that excites me. So all I can do is share my experience with them. All I can do is share what's working in my life and hope that God continues to plant people in their lives. Maybe I'm that seed for a day, just planting a little something in their lives and saying, this is what's working for me and what's working for me is truly, is truly God. So the soil in this parable is, is metaphor, it's symbol. It represents people along the spectrum of responsiveness to closedness, those who, who are receptive and, and responsive and, and just seem naturally drawn to things of faith. To those on the other end of the spectrum who seem maybe hostile to faith, at least apathetic or uninterested. So let me ask you, where along the spectrum would you fall? We are wired differently. I, I know there are people who just seem, even from childhood, just naturally drawn to faith. And some who even from childhood seem apathetic toward faith. So where would you fall along the spectrum? The truth is you get to choose where you are. I like, I'm, I'm interested in personality inventories, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, and others. They can be really helpful, but the danger of, of personality inventories is that, that you say, well, that's who I am and I can't change. You know, that's the, that's the downside or the, the dark side of my personality. And you know, I just throw up my hands, I can't be different. But that's not true. And you may feel like maybe faith is just not for you. Maybe you say that's for other people and that's fine and I'm glad for them, but that's just not for me. Well, that's not true. Wherever you fall along this spectrum, you have a choice to respond or to say no. We all have a choice. I'll close with this. There's an ancient Chinese fable about a, 
a master teacher who, who had answers for, it seems, every co complicated matter in human life. But there were these boys who thought they could stump the master. One of them said, I will take to the master a, a bird and I will hold it behind me and I will ask the master what I have in my hand. If he says a bird, I will ask him, is the bird alive or is it dead? If he says it's alive, I will crush the bird and prove him wrong. If he says it is dead, I will let it go and also prove him wrong. So they went to see the master. The little boy held the bird behind his back. He asked the master, what do I have in my hand? The master said, you have a bird. He asked him, is the bird alive or is it dead? The master thought and then said, the answer, my son, is in your hand. The answer to where you are along the spectrum is yours. You can't say I'm wired this way or I'm not wired that way. Everybody has a decision to make. Everybody has a choice to make. And with all that I have and all that I am, I hope and pray you will choose a relationship with Jesus by saying, God, I turn from what is wrong in my life and I turn to you for grace and forgiveness. And I believe Jesus is who he says he is. And I accept him, I turn to him and surrender to him as my master and my king and the boss of my life. You have the choice and with all that I have, I invite you to Jesus. 493 is the hymn that we're going to sing. 493. Some of us are gonna stand down front and wait as um, you make some big decisions. As others are singing, we're going to wait on you to come and say, I wanna be part of this church. All right, I, I wanna know what it means to let the seed go deep in my life and follow Jesus. Others are gonna be singing and we're going to be waiting for you. Let's stand, please.